hey, you know what's cool? Science. You know what's even cooler? Believe it or not, flocculus. I think they're cool. And I think it's because they kind of seem magical to me. So which is it? Is it science or magic? Let you decide. Hey, a big shout out to Kyla Wood with Applied Polymer Systems for coming on the pod and breaking down all things flocculent with us today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of the Stormwater World Podcast. We're going to talk flocculent today, and we've got the perfect person to lead us down the flocculent path. Uh, let me introduce Dr. Kyla Wood. She is the technical director at Applied Polymer Systems, where she utilizes expertise her expertise in aquatic toxicology and polymer flocculants to inform and train erosion and stormwater professionals applicators, engineers, planners, and government organizations on safe and effective flocculent use. She holds a PhD from Clemson University and a master's degree from Northern Michigan University. Kyla, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and uh, being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, let's start off, tell us a little bit about, you know, yourself and, and what you do, and then we'll kind of we'll kind of dive into the the awesome world of flocculent. Sure. Yeah. So um, again, I'm with Applied Polymer Systems, and I really uh, I I kind of grew up in this space, and it's kind of Applied Polymer Systems has really um, kind of um, uh, driven the the course of my career and my path. Um, in that, my it's we're a family owned and operated company, and so the okay. technology. Yeah. And so the technology, um, you know, the flock logs, the silt stop for water treatment, they actually came out of um, my father, Steve, was working for mining companies in southeast Alaska and was using that technology to treat metals and turbidity in mining effluent. What he saw down in the southeastern United States is that they had a lot of clay soils and they had a lot of BMPs that weren't able to effectively uh, improve the water quality with those physical BMPs. So we packed us all up um, and the technology went down to the southeastern United States. And so I think I probably hit my first IECA at 12 or 13. <laughs> my, oh, you know, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, so yeah. you, you were, you had no choice. You were locked in from, yeah. oh my gosh, that's, Definitely. that's amazing. Yep. High school work study was doing flocculent and soil samples. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then eventually, you were destined you know, to write a dissertation that you, exactly. there was no way around it. That's yeah. awesome. So I, I navigated away from, you know, APS um, and did my master's and my PhD. But while I was doing that, I was still working on, um, you know, using chemicals in a safe and effective way to manage water quality. So I was looking at treating toxic algae with different types of um, algicides and things like that. So it put me in a really good position to work with um, chemical treatments and water quality. And, and now I'm back at APS and, you know, my father since passed away in uh, 2016, but me and my sisters have been, um, you know, picked up the torch and we're still <laughs> moving forward with um, oh my God, APS. He's gotta be so proud. That's awesome. I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kudos so. to you all for carrying it on. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's, that's amazing. What, what, by, by chance, what, what did you write your dissertation on? I feel like anybody that has their doctorate 
we need to talk about it for a minute because congratulations to you because that's just people see that I, I just I don't think everybody realizes the amount of work that that is. What did you write your dissertation? Okay. Yeah, so I uh, I spent a couple years in some uh, farm ponds at Clemson University, and I was researching how to use wow. um, uh, different types of algicides to um, treat toxin-producing uh, blue-green algae and see how it affected how the toxins were released from the algae and how they you know hung around in the environment. So basically. Um, I, I did research on on using algicides to manage uh, toxin-producing algae. Wow, that's that's so interesting. But I could talk. We could we could talk about that some more. But we've got a we've got we've got goals today. We've got goals. Sure. And so the first thing is is to really let's break it down. I think I think the word flocculent is thrown around a little bit in the stormwater industry, and um, I think it is a very important. Um, I think it's important just in general. Um, all I know about flocculent is that it helps me with my swimming pool. And I am very grateful that it's out there and that I can keep my pool nice and girl clear. But I know that is not what we're going to, that is not necessarily what we're talking about today. So let's just, you know, let's, let's unpack what flocculants are and kind of, um, you know, why we should use them and just kind of the basic, let's start one-on-one for everybody, if you would. Sure. Yeah. Just to make a note on that, it's just kind of a funny uh, point is that uh, we had a we had a swimming pool um, in in Georgia. We were growing up and I will say that there were certainly some flock logs being tested. Hey, (laughs) guess what I'm talking about? Like it's family owned business. Of course you're going to test in the backyard. Of course. That's awesome. <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any small? Do you have anything like that that would help uh, help help somebody out? No, I'm just I'm playing. I'm playing. Let me, don't let me don't let me squirrel off onto my pool problems, Kyla. I will I will cry on your shoulder. It is, you know, actually our salt water is way better than our uh, chlorine was. So I'm, I'm so happy to to have a, a salt water uh, pool now. It's been a lot easier, but I do like me some flocculent. But anyways, back back to you. Um, sure. Go ahead and let's uh, let's explain everybody. Let's do the 101 on flocculent yeah. use and, and what it is. Right. So I feel like the words, um, you know, flocculent, coagulant, polyacrylamide, polymer, a lot of these get used kind of interchangeably. And a, and a lot of them are really similar. But but basically what a flocculent is um, and what I'm going to be talking about today with the products that we have at, at APS are polymer flocculants. Um that are made from polyacrylamide. So basically what a polymer flocculant is, is it's a very long chain molecule. Um, It's a water soluble polymer that's able to uh, bind to particulate in the water, like sediment and metals, forms them into bigger, larger particles that can then settle out of the water column or be captured. So basically flocculation is just the process of making little particles into big particles so we can get them out of the water. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, um, I guess, you know, safety matters, I guess that's why all the testing. So like, how does that that lean into everything? So the reason, um, you know, the reason that we use polyacrylamide, um, you know, we, our company's applied polymer systems. It's not applied polyacrylamide systems. So, you know, we're open, we've worked with other types of flocculants, um, as well, but the reason we, 
primarily use polyacrylamides, which I'm, if you're familiar with flocculants for um, erosion control and stormwater treatment, you've probably heard of PAM or polyacrylamides. There's other um, polymers out there. So you've probably heard of, you know, uh, chitosan or maybe uh, polydadmac or starches or cellulose. There's a lot of different polymers. But in our specific industry, we do so much work in the open environment. Um, you know, we're not in polyacrylamide is the same material they use in drinking water systems, wastewater, lots of different uses. But when we're doing work out in, in the environment on a, on a construction site, we want to make sure we're using something that's going to be safe if it's discharged into a, a stream or some sort of receiving system. So anionic polyacrylamides have a very, very low toxicity. And so they're safe for fish. Um, you know, again, they're drinking water grade materials. In some states, we've, you know, we've actually used them um, directly in streams or ponds and lakes. And so it's a really low toxicity, safe material. And that's why we specifically use, um, use polyacrylamides or anionic polyacrylamides specifically for um, stormwater treatment and erosion control. Um, so that's interesting as far as like all, all, basically all, all polymers, all flocculants are not created equal. Is that, is that kind of what we're saying? Like you've got to be careful on what, what you're doing or the application of which you're doing it with into the different types of, uh, available flocculants that are out there. Is that, would yes. that be yes. understanding you? Okay. Exactly. And so if you look at most of like the state, the cool thing about, flocculants now is it you know i mentioned that you know we kind of started this over 25 years ago um and we came yeah, down into an environment where nobody knew what this was um yeah, of course you know it was like magic powder um right you know, it still yeah. is to me just so you know it still is magic yeah. powder to you not so much but and i think i yeah i'd like to think i speak for a lot of people i think it's still magic powder yeah <laughs> It does. I mean, it, it is. It does look like magic when you take a, you know, 500 NTU cup of water and turn it into, you know, near drinking water in, in 20 seconds. So it does. It is somewhat magical. But, oh, yeah, that um, is magic. That's magic. That would yeah. be the definition of magic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, Go no, ahead. that's fine. Uh, yeah. So um, but the reason um, behind the safety of the anionic PAM and now, you know, moving from, you know, no regulations 25 years ago to, uh, you know, over half the states having some sort of manual or guidance or, you know, um, flocculants on the DOT list for the QPLs or the APLs or things like that just really exploded, um, especially in the last 15 years. But one thing, and, and basically how you know you're using a safe material is, first of all, you want to make sure you're using a different polymers have different charges. So, you know, uh, anionic is negatively charged. Cationic is positively charged. Most states require that you use an anionic polymer um, in the environment for stormwater treatment and construction discharges. The reason for that is that fish have um, negative charges on their gills. And so if you think about that concept, you probably heard uh, opposites attract and likes yeah. repel. And so if we use a negatively charged polymer, it repels from those negatively charged gills and doesn't harm fish and other sensitive aquatic organisms. Now there's other polymers out there that work really well, um, you know, like 
cationic PAMs or um, polydadmac or things like kytosan, um, they work, but they have a positive charge. So about the same amount it takes me to clear sediment from the water is the same amount that I'm going to bind to the gill surface of fish and cause toxicity. So those are kind of a no-no for environmental applications. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not trying to take the fish out of the water, just the just the sediment. Just, exactly, um, yeah. So you mentioned some state stuff. Is there some resources out there that people, because that's, that's a lot. I mean, of course I'm not in, I'm not in the flocculent uh, arena or, or world in depth as some of the folks that may, may be listening. So, so are there resources that people can go to or where would you point them for them to be able to, is that state by state or do you all have some resources that they could utilize or what should yes. people do? Yeah. So, um, you can certainly look up your state. One of my um, primary roles at APS is I have focused a lot in, especially the last couple of years, as different states add polymers to their, their manuals or their, their CGPs or things like that. Um, I kind of put on that, that research hat and I have all the you know resources for the papers and the, the different peer-reviewed literature and things like that. And so I can, I can provide you and, and lead you to which state has particular guidance and where to find it. But at APS, we take training very seriously. Again, going back to that, we started when you know, nobody knew what this material was and making sure that people use it safely and effectively um, is, you know, it's good for us, but it's really good for, for everybody um, in that we want to make sure that this technology is used in a way that it's safe for the environment and it's, you know, helping people take care of the problems that they have. And so we offer, we have a, a lot of information on our website. We also offer, um, you know, free training. Um, we do webinars. We, we have a lot of different information in, in different capacities available for people that want to learn about what flocculants are, how to use them, and how to apply the, you know, the flock logs and silt stop material. I got you. I got you. So, so like she mentioned, the um, the website, and it's actually siltstop.com. So if you go to siltstop.com, that will take you to the website. And so in, in researching the pod, I was on your website earlier, and I, you know, so here, here's the thing. So you think about flocculant, you think about uh, demonstrations of that. And like you mentioned before, right? So you got the cup of water, it's got the turbidity in it. You put in the magic powder and you spit it up and then all of a sudden it's clear. Hey, awesome. Right. I, and that's kind of where my brain stopped. So let, let's do this. We've got time. Um, I didn't re- think about uh, like uh, APS silp stop, it says that you can use it for dust control, which, I mean, again, there may be people out there that go, there's Ty showing that he's not very bright again, but I didn't know. So I'm going to bring it up because I thought, hey, that's pretty cool that you can use a flocculant to knock down the dust for a period of time rather than, I mean, there's a lot of other ways that I see it see it done that kind of seem wasteful. But if you could just do it like that, you want to speak on that? Maybe we just kind of go right across this board here that I'm looking at your website. It is just to open people's minds to, you know, what else can flocculants be, you know, used for, you know, so I've got, I'm looking at dust control and and I'll just go across the board, but you want to speak on a few of these? Yeah. So that's a, that's a really great point. I, I think a lot of times we get, you know, the main applications that you hear about is, you know, there's terrestrial applications for uh, erosion control and soil stabilization. And then 
you know, the other main one would be treating our sediment control BMPs like rock checks, wattles, um, you know, anywhere you have a silt fence or roll erosion control products. If you use the, the um, you know, the granular silt stop with those, you basically turn those sediment control devices into water clarification devices. And then of course our flock logs, which we use for water treatment. So those are kind of our bread and butter that we almost always talk about. Um, and that usually takes up the most time. But like you said, there's a lot of other things um, yeah. that the flocculants can do um, that maybe we, we don't always um, put out there. But dust control is one of them. I'd say, again, it's all about that agglomeration and pulling those particles together. So it's the same concept. If we have um, issues with dust, we can apply the, um, we can use a water truck to apply the granular silt stop or the liquid silt stop. And basically it'll hold that, those particles in place to prevent them from becoming airborne. And, you know, some of the benefits of that is, is you might know for dust control, you know, typically you're using, you're using salts, um, you know, magnesium or calcium chloride and things like that. They're really effective. They're hygroscopic. They pull all the moisture to the soil surface and it cuts that dust down. Uh, you know, the problem is, is I'm in Michigan. I live up in Marquette and, in you know Michigan in the Midwest is if you we use a lot of salt for our highways in the winter, mm -hmm. um, and so if you use too much salt, that also enters receiving systems and salts the the streams. And so a polyacrylamide is a really great non-salt option for knocking dust down. Awesome, awesome. And then um, you also have on here you've touched on I think three of the four, but. You've got on here demucking, which I thought that was an interesting use of of the of the product as well, where you yeah. where you're trying to remove something and you don't want it dripping all over the place, and so you can kind of solidify it a little bit. Am I am I understanding that on a kind of a yep a so demucking level? Yep, that's another one that we 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 do on a regular basis, but just isn't as um, you know isn't one of the the biggest applications. But it's this is a really um, it's a very um, interesting visual. I wish I had brought some sample cups. I could show you how to how that looks. It's all right. Uh, Most of this is a pod. I mean, it is going to be on YouTube too. But I always feel bad for those folks listening when we start getting into the visuals because they're like, ah, now I got to go over YouTube. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so that, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, when we dewater, um, you know, a, a basin and we have all that really high um, water content in our in our sediments, those can be really difficult and time consuming and expensive to remove. So if we use a flocculant, um, you know, the flocculants, these ones are water soluble there. There's actually other types of PAMs that uh, they call them crosslink PAMs and they'll absorb water. And that's what they put in like sweatbands and baby diapers. We're not using those ones oh. specifically, uh, but the ones that we are using do still absorb some water. And so when we mix it in with the sediment, um, we absorb some water, we bind with that, that sediment and we can form that really, really thin, unmanageable muck and basically create a really thick material that you can just scoop up and haul away. Um, we've actually had people take demucked sediments. And I think they did this in Florida for a while. They would, they would take those um, sediments that were treated now with polymer and they would spread them out um, on the sides of roadways and use them for stabilization and help to establish vegetation. So nice. All right, cool. So 
So let's talk about the future then. So I, if I'm assuming 25 years of tinkering in the backyard pool, uh, and then obviously in more sophisticated labs at this point, um, there's got to be things you're working on. I mean, so is there anything out there that you can actually talk about that's not like, I don't want to uh, spill the beans or anything, um, but, uh, you know, just things that you're working on or what you see future-wise as far as, um, you know, the world that you're in and, and what you guys are, are striving to do or, or what you see, you know. Uh, sure. Whatever you can, you know, whatever you can speak of, that's not going to get you in trouble, right? <laughs> that's, you know, obviously yeah. everybody, a lot of times, you know, you don't want to let out, oh yeah, we're working on this product and like, oh, we, I should have said that. But Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So it's, it's interesting in the United States because as I mentioned, you know, there's, there's some states that have really um, clear guidance that have been using mm -hmm. this for a couple decades. And then there's other states that, you know, have no guidance and maybe kind of sparse use. And so in the last, you know, five to 10 years, every couple of years, we see a new state adding this to their toolbox because they realize, again, with those physical BMPs, we have those really small particles, um, you know, they just can't get the water quality with the physical BMPs. So really um, there's a lot of room just across the US is that we are working to still train and educate and help people in these other areas of the US that maybe aren't familiar as familiar with flocculants but really need flocculants to help them get their water quality where they want it. So we're still working kind of from the ground up in a lot of areas to train them how to use these materials um, kind of the way that we've been talking about today. In terms of new products, I mean, there's there's lots of ways to use the flocculants. We didn't really get into how to use them effectively. Um, you know, we oh, we cite, well, we let's do it. Test. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we please. we site test and and match our different polymer formulations to each soil or water, usually aiming to get it somewhere around 20 NTU's um, with a site matched polymer. We make sure how long it takes. It takes about 30 seconds of mixing and reaction to fully form those flocks so they'll settle. Um, and so there's a few things we want to do on site to make sure, match it, get enough mixing and reaction, get enough of the material in the water. Um, but once we have the basics of how to use the flocculants, you can use them in, you know, especially the flock log, which is the gel um, log, the block product. You can put it in open channels. Um, you can use um, existing stormwater conveyances. So you can put it in, you know, an inlet or a pipe. We put them in um, pump and pipe systems. And so, you know, we're always we're always working at looking at new types of BMPs and ways to implement the flocculants. Um, and so, there's it's looking at new ways to use our existing products. We've also come out. Um, Again, this year has been kind of the year of training. We've, we, it's just been kind of exploding the interest in flocculants. So we've been working with a lot of different people just on the basics this year. Um, but what I was doing before 2023, we developed a new product that incorporated some, um, some plant polymers, some starches with the um, anionic polyacrylamides. We called it the BioBlend log. So it's like half plant, half PAM. So we're always, you know, looking at new products awesome. and different cool. things. So so we're so we're doing new things that's available. But but you know, really, really, what we're focusing on still is is just kind of moving across and helping people in different areas that are looking to implement the the flocculants. So. So did I, I want to make sure I understood that right on the effectiveness uh, side of things. So it seems like it's a, it's a little bit of art along with science. Like, do you have to really kind of test out 
uh, the area or, or before you actually use a certain product? Or are you guys custom, are you custom building a product based on what they're trying to do? Or did I misunderstand how that's working on the testing before you just kind of jump in there? Like, like in other words, I just can't, I don't, I don't go to your website and just grab some stuff and just throw it in whatever, right? Like you, you, you need to kind of have a, have a game plan on what you're trying to accomplish and then test yes. it before you go large scale. Is that, so ideally what the test looks like is if someone, you know, kind of we're starting from ground zero, someone calls and says, I, um, you know, I've got a cleared area. I have some channels they are leading to these basins and I can't, the water quality, you know, my turbidity is really, really high. I can't discharge. Um, what do I do at this point? So the, if I want to introduce some flocculants. So the first step would be they send us a sample of soil or water from that site. Okay. Um, okay. We do a free sample analysis and basically, you know, there's, there's hundreds of different types of anionic PAMs just in, you know, the erosion control and stormwater space. So what we do is we take our, our common flock log and silt stock formulations and we figure out which one's going to react with that soil and water from that site. If we don't do that test ahead of time, um, you could have no reaction and the flocculant will be in the water, but it won't do anything. So doing that test ahead of time, it's maybe a couple days to us and a couple days back, we do the test in about 24 hours and then we'll give you the results right after that. Um, Again, it's a free analysis and we'll know what's going to work on your site. Um, So then once we know what formulation works, what we ask people is, you know, what type of flow rate are we looking at? And then we'll tell you how much material you're using. What other types of BMPs do you have on site? Maybe here's some ways that you could use the silt stop or the flock log or use them together. Um, And so we'll walk through, that's one thing Applied Polymer Systems does um, that I think kind of sets us apart is that from planning to implementation, to maintenance, to completion, um, you know, we don't charge for anything but products, but we're there every step of the way. Um, you know, if you're working with a state that has that has special requirements, we provide, we've done toxic, third-party toxicity testing on all of our products. Um, we have all the documents, the, the certifications to back everything up. And so, you know, we'll help with, with permits if they're needed. We'll help with dosing. We'll help with where to put oh, them. Wow. We do, um, we'll do a virtual um, we don't do a ton of on-site work. We do occasionally, but we actually do um, um, uh, virtual meetings where we'll we'll walk through a site. Um, so we're just we're there every step of the way to make sure that these are used um, effectively and that you get the results that you're looking for. Awesome. And I would assume with that level of, I don't I don't know if you want to call it customer service or that level, uh, just just that level of just being available. Um, that you guys work with, like, I would assume you work, are you working with manufacturers of other products and how they can integrate? And you guys have partnerships out there that you work, working through. So it's not just that person that needs that help with the, their, their issue at the end user level, but uh, you guys, are you guys working to try to upgrade the flock? Link? I would, cause I mean, I know there's products out there. They're probably not using the best stuff, right? So are you guys trying to trying to forge through that too, and work with some of these manufacturers to upgrade their products with what you all are doing what you see is from your testings? Yeah. So right now, primarily what we do is, um, you know, we don't, we're not working specifically with some of the other BMP manufacturers, but our products are not supposed to replace 
your traditional BMPs. Um, gotcha. We so we really promote it is that you need to do the work and put the other BMPs in place you know, effectively. If you haven't done that, um, if you don't have the proper sediment controls on site, you're probably going to bury our flock logs and it's not going, it's not going to, it's not going to, you know, work well for anybody. So we want to be using our materials in conjunction with all the other good BMPs that we have for sediment and erosion control. And what we do is we're an, we're an enhancement. So again, if you have those small colloidal clays that are going to blow through a silt fence or, you know, a fiber roll or a wattle, um, and what we can do is we can use our silt stop or our flock logs so that that doesn't happen. We make those particles bigger and now your other BMPs are functioning better and actually collecting those particles. That makes sense. I can visualize that now in my mind. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> so what else do you have? Like any final thoughts like on just stormwater erosion control in general? Anything you want to share with the listeners and what's going on, all the great things you're doing or uh, before before we let you go, um, oh, I will say this: like uh, we already gave out the website, we'll link that in the uh, in the notes, and then I guess it's okay for people to find you on LinkedIn. Would that be accurate? Oh yeah, uh-huh, definitely. Yep. And if you look if you look for Kyla on LinkedIn, it's actually Kyla Iwinski uh, Wood. Did I say that right? Iwinski. That's I W I N S K I hyphen Wood. So Kyla Iwinski Wood on LinkedIn. You can uh, look her up and message her with all your uh, all your flocculent questions. Uh, but anyways, final, final thoughts, anything else you'd like to, to share with everybody? Yeah. Um, you know, thanks again for having me. I would just say that if anybody wants to learn more about um, flock logs, silt stop, flocculants in general, we have, um, we do like a PDH training series and we have a lot of resources that we offer in-house. So if you want to take a couple courses, learn more about the materials, um, you know, we're, we're available for that. So, you know, just reach out and, and happy to set something up. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much for taking some time today to, uh, to, to visit with us here on the podcast. And I hope everybody got something something out of that and we'll look to enhance what they're already doing to make it a little bit better. Uh, you know, we're all about the water quality, right. And, uh, and broadening people's perspective on what's out there to uh, tackle the problems uh, that everyone's having in, in their stormwater world. So thank you again for, for coming on the pod. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the stormwater world podcast. Do you have something you'd like to discuss? Do you have an opposing opinion regarding something you heard during this episode? Let's talk about it. Click on the link in the show notes to sign up for a future episode. I'd love to visit with you about what's happening and how you see things unfolding in your stormwater world.